Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Order will be established in your life when you proceed from a place of love. Order will be established in your life when you proceed from a place of love. Now, every month this year, uh, Reverend Jonathan has chosen to have uh, one of the uh, 12 powers as each theme each month. And uh, the 12 powers of man, which is really now we would say the 12 powers of mankind, are an idea that Charles Fillmore, founder of Unity, co-founder of Unity, started to write about. And in about 1912, uh, he started publishing essays in Unity magazine. And uh, by 1930, they were all put together in a book titled The Twelve Powers of Man. Again, the language of the day, now we would say the Twelve Powers of Mankind. Um, a few years later, Charles' second wife, yes, he was married twice, uh, Charles' second wife, Cora Diedrich Fillmore, wrote a companion book titled Christ Enthroned in Man. And uh, in 1999, Unity House put them together in one book titled The Twelve Powers. I encourage you to check that out sometime, especially now that we have been uh, treating every one of the 12 powers or 12 faculties of mankind. And this month, as you know, the uh, chosen power or faculty is the power of order. So uh, in um, researching, preparing to deliver my talk to you and, and rereading the contents of uh, the power of order, I came across a quote that really holds together what I want to share with you today, that order will be established in your life when you proceed from a place of love. And uh, this is the quote. Uh, Charles, actually probably Cora, but it shows up in their joint book. Uh, they wrote, realize that the laws of God are written in your heart and that your delight is to direct your life according to his laws. Now, my God has no gender. So Charles and Cora, I hope they will forgive me, but I would rephrase this to say, um, realize, oops, wrong way. There we go. Uh, there we go. Realize that the laws of spirit are written in your heart and that your delight is to direct your life according to spirit's laws. So it is our delight to direct our life according to spirit's laws. In other words, you will find delight in your life when you live your life according to the laws of spirit. Now, we could talk about the laws of spirit for hours, and I've got 18 minutes, 16 minutes, and 13 seconds to cover this. <laughs> But if I had to embody all the laws of spirit under one core law, that would be the law of love. 
When we begin with love in everything, things turn out well. So if, if the love of, of love is one of the core laws that we need to utilize in this life, and since we are a community that uses practical tools for a better life, then what tools can we use uh, to have a life that comes from a place of love? Well, that too could take a couple workshops, maybe another day, but I identified a few things that we can do to establish love and therefore order in our lives. The first one is, in everything we do, in every interaction that we have, we need to treat everyone and everything with dignity and respect. Yes? yes. Was that a yes? Yes. <laughs> dignity and respect are the start of peace. Dignity and respect are the start of conflict resolution. Dignity and respect pave the way for a conversation so that we can work out our differences. But when we have no dignity and respect in our interactions, that's when trouble shows up. Now, I know it's hard. Yes, there are people in my life, too, that challenge me. Yes, sometimes I just want to grab them by the neck and go, pow, pow, pow! <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm just being honest. Sometimes I want to give them a little noggy because they are creating hassle in my life. But when I do that, even though that's what kind of what I want to do in the moment, I am not paving the way for resolving our differences. Rather, if I reply to any perceived offense in a way that shows dignity and respect for the other person, I think that will open the door for a better dialogue. I think we can disarm the enemy by proceeding from a place of dignity and respect. And I'm not talking just the church. <laughs> dignity and respect work wonders in the workplace. Businesses that treat employees and clients with dignity and respect flourish. And the other way around is true as well. Uh, there is a man named Michael Hoxton. He has a business named uh, Upward Spiral Solutions. And he goes to businesses and teach them how, teaches them how to work in a way that exudes uh, dignity and respect. And he's having great results. Because business will improve when we proceed from a place of love. But you can't say that at work, so you have to say, let us proceed from a place of dignity and respect. How about the home? When spouses treat each other with dignity and respect, children see that. And they will treat their children with dignity and respect. And they will treat their children with dignity and respect. And so on and so forth. So it is up to us to break the cycle. 
because that which we see at home, unless we try it really hard to break the cycle, we will ourselves do it again. And so today, not tomorrow, but today, and I'm gonna give you some homework later, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, today, we need to start breaking the cycle by making up our minds to deal with every interaction from a place of dignity and respect. Are you willing to do that? Yes. That was an actual question. Yes. Okay. Another way that perhaps I can practically proceed from a place of love in my life, in my relationships, in my interactions, is to use forgiveness and understanding. And I think you may be familiar with that word, forgive everything. You see, we all have this thing called the human condition. We are all still evolving in our rising consciousness. And what may seem like a transgression to you is actually the right thing by somebody that may be at a lower level of consciousness. In some books, authors have even written that a criminal perpetrating a crime thinks that he or she is doing the right thing. Because at that level of consciousness, that is the right thing. So when we are at a different level of consciousness and we see things that seem like transgressions, like attacks, like errors, we have to remember that they, we are all suffering from this human condition and that we need to be able to forgive. There is somebody you may have read about that said, forgive them, Father, for they not know what they do. They do not know what they do. And we need to have understanding as to how things really work. And we need to be willing to forgive those things that our level of consciousness seem like, like an error, but at another level of consciousness, it might make sense. And just like dignity and respect, without forgiveness and understanding, we're not going to be able to lay the ground for peace. We can talk about peace all you want, but until we forgive and we understand where somebody else might, might be coming from, there will be no peace. The other uh, thing that I think might help us in paving the way of proceeding with love to establish order in our lives is to continue to rise in consciousness. We are placed in this world not only to do the fun things we like to do, but we are placed in this world to do the work to continue to rise in consciousness each and every day. That's what they meant by coming home to God, to have a conscious, consciousness level that is higher and higher, and one day equals that of the consciousness we attribute to spirit. There's a book by uh, David Hawkins, uh, Power Versus Force, that's, that, that charted out the levels of consciousness. And he drew a scale from zero to 1,000. And the scale is logarithmic, if you know what that means. But regardless, it's, it's a scale from zero to 1,000. And he says in his book that in each lifetime, 
At best, the people that do really good, they climb five points on that scale. Five points. You and me, all of us. So we can't slack off on that little homework. We have to do our work. We have to read the books, do the prayers, the meditations, uh, take the workshops, uh, whatever it takes. But each and every day, we have to rise in consciousness. Because when we do not rise in consciousness, there will be somebody else that will see our actions that we see as true and legitimate as being in error and as being offensive. So I think the first or one of the first steps in peace, home peace, work peace, home peace, is to rise in consciousness so we know how it is that we need to act in this world. Are you willing to do your work to continue to rise in consciousness? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> There's a good hand. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, we need to continue to do the work. I, I chose a path in ministry for several reasons, and another day I'll share with you some of those. But one of them is because, like you, I went to a church. And I said, wow, this stuff makes sense. And I started learning it and putting it to work, and my life changed. My life got better. And then I heard a little voice that said, you got to tell other people about it. So fine, I went to school, became a minister, and so on. <laughs> but our lives will get better as we rise in consciousness because everything else will make more sense. And therefore, it is our daily duty to do what it takes to do to rise in consciousness each and every day. Once again, are you willing to do that? Yes. Awesome. Yes, it's on the tape. <laughs> do you all have a bucket list? No. I have one. And I recently got to cross off a, an item on that bucket list. I'm a big fan of the music of uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. And uh, for a long time, I've wanted to own every single recording of one of Bach's cantatas. And he, he wrote many, but we kept about, we, we found about 200 of them. So I finally bought all 65 CDs. Yes, I, I play CDs. My name is William, I still have CDs. Uh, I played all, I bought all 65 CDs of all uh, cantatas that are extant, existing uh, by Johann Sebastian Bach. I'm about 45 discs into it. Another, uh, another 20 and I'll, I'll have it made, but they are sitting in my shelf there. I took some doing to find them, but I did. Uh, and when I, when I play the music, uh, this one particular collection that I purchase also has booklets that talks to you about the history of the cantata, the instruments, uh, any technical difficulties in producing it, etc. And uh, one of the things, um, I, I've learned a lot about different instruments and about how the whole thing works. And one thing that I learned that I did not know is that there is an instrument called the oboe d'amore. 
Uh, Obo d'amore is Italian for the love obo. And uh, oboes have a very piercing sound. When you listen to an orchestra play an oboe, you know there's an oboe in there. You don't have to read the lighter notes because it's a very piercing sound, but yet the oboe d'amore has a sweet sound. It is present, yet not intrusive. It is a strong sound, yet gentle. It gives of itself without asking for anything back. And if you want to check out an oboe d'amore, uh, you may want to check out uh, Cantata number 94, in particular, the aria, which is the seventh movement, uh, in the album Bach Cantatas, volume 22, by Bach Collegium, Collegium Japan, uh, led by Maisaki Suzuki. Great stuff. And uh, in there, you'll get to hear a novel d'amore. And if you choose to do that, as you hear the novel d'amore, I invite you to make your love like the novel d'amore. Let your love be present, yet not intrusive. Let your love be strong, yet gentle. And let your love give of itself freely without asking for anything back. Because that is the sweetest kind of love, the one that is there but doesn't ask for anything back. This stuff about love in your heart is not new. I know that I showed you a quote uh, from uh, Charles and Cora Fillmore, but actually a few years back, actually 2,600 years back, um, a guy wrote about it too, and he was the prophet Jeremiah. Now, just to be sure, Jeremiah was not a bullfrog. Jeremiah was a prophet from uh, the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, what we call the Old Testament. And uh, the Hebrew Scriptures have several major prophets. Now, prophets are not people that could see the future. Prophets are wise people that could see the present and then tell you what your future will be like. In fact, if you want to know what your future will be like, you don't have to call this psychic hotline. Save your money. Look at your present life, and you will know what your life will be like in the future. So anyways, uh, Jeremiah wrote a covenant. Covenants are uh, uh, irrevocable agreements between God and God's people. And there's a covenant that speaks similarly to the quote I shared from you, for, uh, to you from the filmers. And uh, that uh, covenant is found in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 33 and 34. And it says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more.
So Jeremiah said that God has written God's laws in our heart. And that one day we will know God so well that we can act like we are God and we can always proceed from a place of love. You see, our ultimate career goal in ministry is to be out of a job. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. Our ultimate career goal is that each one of us will know God so well that we can act like God. We can proceed from a place of love in each and every situation. And order and peace will reign in the world. Not because we made it happen, but because it happens. That's the natural outcome of knowing God and having the loss of God written in your heart. Order will be established in your life each and every day when you proceed from a place of love. And so Jonathan gives you homework, and I'm going to give you homework too. Two-part homework. Number one, this week, do the best. Make up your mind. Have a, a non-deterred determination to deal with every situation in your life from a place of dignity and respect. Everything, everyone, at work, at home, at church, on the street, dignity and respect. And the second part of the homework is to journal about any changes that you see in your life as a result of coming to every situation from a place of love and a place of dignity and respect. Will you do that? Yes. Excellent. Order will be established in your life when you proceed from a place of love, and so it is. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.